Paul. I'm Shamina. And welcome to the head boss in charge. Yes. So, how are you bossing? Um, I am good. I just celebrated my birthday. I will keep my age to myself for present. Um, uh, so, was, I had a really good weekend. A really good week. I didn't... Or last week was a little... It was good, um, but it was great once I took uh, Friday off. So, and then just had a super chill weekend. Like, I can't, couldn't have planned it better. Super chill, great times with a very small group of friends. Um, and, yeah, so I'm, I'm, I am good in the general sense of life. And yourself, sir? Uh, I had a great Labor Day weekend, a much-needed three-day break from the craziness at work. And um, you want to share any of that? Well, <laughs> I spent a part of it with a certain special someone who, um, unlike anyone I think I know in my social circle, took the time out of their birthday to give back to the community. And oh, we so spent um, a, a few hours helping the SF food bank. Um, and we packaged plums and tomatoes. Um, and it was great. We got a small group going, and then we went out to our favorite spot for drinks. And it was just very casual, very low-key. And it's I'm glad I'm at this point in my life where I can... You know, I don't need to be with a ton of people to celebrate a good mm-hmm. occasion. And when you are invited to these things, it, it feels it feels special. So thanks for letting me be part of your day of and doing course. something good. I um, certainly uh, will be doing that for future birthdays. I think that's going to become part of my tradition. Maybe not at the same place, um, but definitely giving back um, as a reminder to how blessed I am. So. Yeah. Uh, and then the rest of the weekend was just partying, because why not? <laughs> when you got a third day, you can do anything on a Sunday night. Right? <laughs> so I took advantage of that, danced my ass off until six in the morning. Ooh, oh, it was great, and um, had a good time, and then I went back into the black hole called work. <laughs> why is it a black hole? But anyway, <laughs> um, <laughs> just saying. My head went somewhere, uh, but we don't I, have to. Oh, oh, your head went somewhere. Okay. That. You keep bringing it up, so um, that's not me. That's you. Um, so you want to hop right into water cooler talk? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Okay, so um, something that's been on my mind this week, and so hopefully we can have a little bit of dialogue around this. Um, obviously, it's around work, and I think as I think about my uh, coming up on another birthday. Um, that was, like I said, a really good weekend, very introspective, like kind of spent some time thinking about my intentions for the coming year. Um, and I'm a super goal-oriented person, so I need something to strive for. Um, so I do my goals at the beginning of the year, and then I revisit them every month. And my birthday is another, like, okay, it's a new year of my life. So um, just trying to be introspective about the work that I'm currently doing. And is it asking myself, is this the work that I want to continue to do for however long is, you know, I'm going to do it, if that makes sense. So um, I've been having a, a bit of struggle um, with uh, the work that I do and the elements of it that are outward facing. So the, I very much enjoy the um, the inward facing work, the really technical pieces, um, that we have previously talked about, like the, the sense of accomplishment and getting things done. And I, 
I certainly like being acknowledged for the work that I do, not necessarily publicly because it's uncomfortable for me. Um, but there is, I've just really been trying to be thoughtful about like, is this how I want to spend my day? Because there's a portion of my job uh, that like I deal with the bad kids um, working in education. So that's like part of my job is literally to deal with the bad kids, the kids who are going through stuff, who have made piss poor decisions. Um, and oftentimes, you know, for the most part, they come in like somewhat remorseful and crying and emotional, but that shit is taxing after a while. Um, so I'm just, I'm trying to think through what it is that I want to do and how do I get there? And am I supposed to, how long am I supposed to be doing this that I'm doing right now? Cause it doesn't feel sustainable. Hmm. <clears throat> I want to get back to that word sustainable. Cause okay. that word I've been using a lot lately at my job, but um, I guess when I hear that, because people always tell me um, to kind of be patient and kind of work through the motions. Mm -hmm. um, I think when people tell me that, I try to internalize it, but I'm, I'm not going to lie. I'm an instant gratification type person. So mm -hmm. if I'm doing, um, if I look at the different parts of my job, and yes, there are a lot of parts of my job that right now I'm not really vibing with. Um, if I... I kind of lost my train of thought. If I'm not vibing with all the different parts of my job, I do get to that point of, like, is it worth it? Mm -hmm. um, like, what am I doing? Um, I had a point, and I lost it. That's okay. That's okay. <laughs> um, something that you said about, like... Um, I was talking about, like, is this the work that I'm supposed to be doing, even though, like, there are elements of it that oh, are, like... Oh, now okay. I remember. Okay, so, um, is this what you're really supposed to be doing? Because people always tell me it's just a stepping stone. It's just, mm -hmm. you know, um, this is not the work you're going to be do doing forever, but I know you, and I know your career path, and I think you are getting to that point where you're looking for kind of um, those long-term opportunities, not mm -hmm. these short-term but then when I listen to people who offer really good advices, isn't that, why isn't that okay? Why, why can't this just be another moment for you in your yeah. career? Well, and I certainly, like, I feel like it's a moment. This seems like, first of all, the longest fucking stepping stone. Um, granted, I've been in this role for all of two months. So, like, <laughs> I certainly am going to try my best to give it more time. But as I think about, like, my career trajectory, like, I have been in education for the last decade plus, um, but I haven't been in any specific role for more than two years, more than three years. Oh, okay. Um, which for me, it keeps things fresh and I get to keep doing things new. I've had a chance to work with supervisors to create positions based on my skill set. Um, I've been pulled into positions and whatnot. So I've been promoted quite a bit, which is amazing. Um, and I'm still trying to find the thing that fits right. So I've done a lot of trying on of jobs and we'll stick through it for a while, get things like to hopefully a good place or establish some programs and processes and whatnot. Um, and like my current job, I, like I feel like I'm, I've been slotted into a set of processes that I must follow legally, like with the, the conduct piece, but 
like I have to follow that process. There's not a lot of variation um, and not a lot of creativity in the like the intellectually being creative rather than like the visual creativity and the like being able to come up with ideas. I just, I don't have that kind of space. I, I didn't always view myself of having a level of creativity. Or so. necessarily needing it. I yeah, think, yeah. Right? Especially being like on a, the technical piece and appreciating like the back end stuff and being able to be in my introvert space and not, mm. you know, forward face or outward facing in my organization. Yeah, there's a, a part of your job that doesn't give you the autonomy yeah. that you're looking for. Yeah. Um, going back to that sustainability piece, do you feel that it's not sustainable because of how your role within itself is? functionalized or is it not sustainable because you are bogged down a little bit by this piece of your job that you don't like and you keep looking to once you get to do the parts of the the job that you do like that excites you that you probably put that at the top of your to-do list yeah I put it at the top well I kind of put it in the middle so I, I try to start with the shitty stuff so that I can get it done and over with yeah and then I sandwich in the good stuff and I kind of end the day like wrapping up and figure out what do I need to do for all three elements of the the roles or the departments that I oversee to be able to make it into the next day. So mm-hmm. I, I try to start with the shitty stuff, so I'm like, eh, let me get this out of the way so I can do the quote-unquote fun stuff later. Right. So, so, but yeah, well, what about it isn't sustainable? Is it the position within itself or just how you're, uh, I guess, di- dichotomy? Yeah, the dichotomy <laughs> of... Yeah, the uh, dichotomy of like what you like and what yeah. you don't like. Um, I think it's yes to all of those. Um, I think there's a level of stress that I didn't necessarily anticipate with this because there's, there's, um, large elements of, uh, unpredictability, if that's a word, of not being predictable. Mm -hmm. So I, when I have like drop in hours or something, I don't know what's going to walk in the door. I don't know if it's going to be someone with an academic issue or someone who, you know, got stabbed, you know, they Hopefully they wouldn't come to my office if they got stabbed. I'd be like, call 911. Like, what are you doing? Now that's definitely um, the definition of your job. Don't be yeah. sustainable. People. Like, don't call me for that. I can't help you. I am not a doctor. I am a master. Um, but it's that, I think it's the the pressure that has been put on roles like this because there's, there's, a, there's an element of like, a legality that you have to follow through and like everybody got a, you know, a lawyer, I'm gonna call my attorney. Okay, sure. And then the, that never happens. But sometimes hearing that can be stressful and knowing that like, well, what if they actually do have an attorney and those things? And like, how do I respond in those situations and whatnot? So like, I don't know how long that I will be able to do that and kind of live in that fairly unpredictable space or work in that unpredictable space. Yeah. Yeah. I'm at a place where, I am, you know, you've mentioned this before, feeling a little robotic in your work. Mm -hmm. I like the technical aspects of Mm -hmm. my job. It's just now too much technical. It's, there's a people um, management and political management that I have to do, which Mm -hmm. I don't really like that much either. Um, I, I supervise five people and there's a lot of politics and um, even though I get that human side of the job, it's still not really fitting to what I want long term. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of technicalities. Uh, I do a lot of little things, and they don't really summate to something that feels very productive for my happiness mm-hmm. or uh, productive for, I guess, changing the world, if you yeah. will. So I'm trying to, um, well, 
yeah, my job is not sustainable. I oversee way too many functions Mm -hmm. of my um, division. And, um, yeah, I struggle with that. And so it's really interesting because I have doubted my level of um, ability mm-hmm. because this job is impossible. Mm-hmm. And after this one year mark, I realized, wait, it's not me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's really not me. It's like a relationship. You're it's like, like, it's not me. It's you. It, yeah, it's Which you. Which is apparently the thing you're not supposed to say in a relationship, but, but sometimes that shit is true. It really is. I set very high expectations for myself. I walked into this organization and um, realized that, of course, it's going to be impossible with these high expectations I put on myself. Um, the work that I do is really good. So... I am trying to, now that I have this new mentality, it's like, okay, do I really like this work? Mm -hmm. Can I do this any longer? And um, it's hard to probably admit to myself the answer that's probably really true uh, because I'm the type of person that likes to see the light at the end of the tunnel Mm because it is my job to kind of fix some of these structural Mm mishaps in the organization yeah um can I ask you a question because I I feel like the like there's a loyalty piece that I'm hearing you say like I don't want to jump ship like as stuff is happening it's I hate that word I feel like it's that word is just for me very outdated I don't think jump ship the loyalty oh yeah like I never feel I don't even feel loyal to my family that sounds bad but that's just like yes I, I am, but it, it, there's a new word. There's a new, like, I think, level of um, uh, a new value. And I uh, when I think of the word, I'll think of it. But uh, loyal just sounds very archaic to okay. me. Because um, I don't owe them anything. They, I, I do the work. They pay me. It's yeah. an equal exchange yeah. of work. Oh, I agree. Right? So... What I'm getting at, though, is more of I'm loyal to my, if I have to use the word, it's loyal to myself. Yeah. So it's letting myself down, not necessarily letting the organization down mm-hmm. when trying to leave. Um, because you set goals at the beginning of the year, and if you don't achieve them, at least for me, not you, but if I don't achieve them, there's a little a little bit of disappointment there. It's mm-hmm. like, I don't want to seem like I'm just running away yeah. <laughs> just because there's too many problems. I can't do it. The building's about to burn yeah. down. I'm just going to run away. But why not? And and I ask this as I have um, twice had the opportunity to jump ship because I saw that bitch sinking like and my foot was getting wet, you know, in the water. And I was like, perhaps this is the time like I'm not going to be the person that's going to scoop out all this water metaphorically to try to get us back to be afloat. Because if if it's going down and it's a shit show, it's going down and it's a shit show because there's like my level of influence is only so big. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, well, damn it, I'm gonna save myself. Right. You know? Yeah, so. that's a, when you put it that way, that's a really good analogy yeah. about saving yourself. Because I've um, seen it happen twice, and and I've been a part of it twice, of being able, like, I reached out, and somebody, like, somebody being an employer, like, grabbed my hand and was like, yes, come on over, twice. So I'm like, okay, and then I saw the ship sink, and I was like, ooh, I'm glad I wasn't on that shit, you know? Mm-hmm. So... There's certainly a value. As, like, And I was in situations where I saw it was happening, it was going downhill really fast, and I was like... I. I can't be a part of this and I'm only going to fight so hard to try to save, you know, something broken. And if I don't see myself being able to save that, I'm like, let me go ahead and go. Yeah. 
Because uh, like you said, it's it's the at the end of the day, it's kind of the 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 bit the the check that I get and the benefits that I am you know fortunate to have. Right. So you're not gonna mess those things up because you're like, help me scoop this water and out, and I'm like, that shift is trying to pick me up. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> so the, the loyalty or whatever you want to call it, I'm like mm, to self first. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I yeah. think we're saying this kind of the same thing in different yeah. ways. Um, but yeah, I think. A lot of it has to start with yourself, and mm -hmm. it's hard to be honest with yourself, and it's like, I just got in this position two <laughs> months ago, so I'm not, it's not, mm. yeah. it's like we give ourselves um, these really unofficial benchmarks of when we're allowed to think something. Uh, yes, I'm sorry, go ahead. <laughs> like, <laughs> I feel you. It, it's like, this is how long... Um, I have to wait to take a vacation. Yeah, right? Like, well, because part of it is like, I don't have enough time. And like, right. can I ask now? Or are they going like, to be like, this bitch just got here. This how is how sick I have to be to <laughs> feel like I should be allowed to give a sick day. Yeah. Fuck, give yourself a mental health day. That's yeah. a, an appropriate way, right? Or this is how long I should wait to um, feel okay about wanting to leave the organization. Yeah. Or... There's a, the yeah. list goes on. Yeah. Um, I think we put so much yeah. uh, standards on ourselves, and it's yeah. like, who created these? Yeah. Well, and they're they're taught and they're learned. And I think as you as you look like top down, like I have worked for supervisors that like they had to be like on a deathbed before they took a day off. And I was like, mm. as a person, thank goodness I don't get sick very often. Knock on wood. Um, I when I take one. For the most part, I'm not even sick. Like, just to be real about the shit, because I'm like, I have all of these hours here that I am not going to use. Mm -hmm. I'm just not going to come in. And I don't do it very often, because um, I, I try to maximize, like, the holidays that we have off already. But, yeah, I think some of that is modeled, and then you feel, like, a little guilty, like, if you do it. Cause then you're like, well, they came to, to work passing out, like, a, a, a damn Petri dish of germs. <laughs> right. Um, you know, I wonder if this comes... I'm kind of digressing a little bit, but I'll try to bring us back. I wonder if these habits come from... It sounds like school. I feel like we are pushed through a factory system in the K through 12, and there's just so much guilt. Like, there's guilt when... You don't arrive to class on time. There's mm -hmm. guilt if you play hooky. I, yeah. I never did that. There's but shame and consequences shame. Yeah. in school. Right. Yeah. And I think we take all, and even in college, right? Mm -hmm. And since these are all the preparatory things for the workforce, we take that with us. So it's like, yeah, um, another benchmark. You, you have to, so much time has to pass by before you feel okay with, I'm going to dip out a few minutes early. Yeah, right. right? Like, Before you have to... <laughs> I'm like, I just started. I can't. Like, damn, my okay. boss is oh, still here. I, I got to be the last person that yeah. leaves the office to show that I have a strong work yeah. ethic. Like, or I pass my boss's office so I can't leave early because she's going to fucking see me. Right. Ugh. I think a lot of that comes from just uh, the very stru uh, militant structure of the mm -hmm. school system. Yeah. You know, as you say that, um, I would say the other piece of where I see it come in is like I think cult, there's a cultural piece of that as like and when I think about like my family like um I don't there's something about like uh I don't want to say our blackness but it's part of that like I need to work twice as hard my mom never said like you need to work twice as hard to be you know half as good it's what what not but I think about how she grew up like working you know in hospitals and stuff and 
she always told me like you have to be early like she always left like hella early for work and would get there have her breakfast and then start work so she wouldn't have breakfast at home she she like make mm. sure she was like super on time you know did whatever the man's quote unquote had her do and then left when it was time to leave but i certainly thought that like like her her breaks were strict like she couldn't talk on the phone very regularly when she was there um or i had to page her you know old school <laughs> um but i think about like i'd pick those things up like she rarely stayed home but she had to she was an hourly so if mm-hmm. she wasn't there or that affected her check like on the day-to-day and she worked off a, a nursing registry so she had to make sure she was super on top of it and go in because that check could look different every month depending on if she didn't work so she wasn't salaried she wasn't getting gotcha. the same check every time. So I, I'd take up some of my cue from her of like um, being super disciplined in terms of making sure that I'm at work early. I don't necessarily stay late. Um, and I certainly don't work through lunch because I have to eat. Um, but I am regimented in making sure that I'm, I'm going to work regularly and consistently and I'm early. Um, I respond to things really, you know, fairly quickly, really quick compared to some of my colleagues as I'm now learning in, in month two. Um, but yeah, I don't know if that's a, like, black people, we need to stay in line and, like, not make waves. I, I'm not sure. It's like, I, I think about that with, like, myself. I think about that with my sister and her, you know, making sure that she's on time and she leaves, like, hella early to get to work on time and things like that. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is going on another topic, but I'll just quickly address it. I think a lot, some of it is cultural. Mm-hmm. Um but the reason why I kind of don't want to say that is I know plenty of people who do not oh, represent God. us oh, really well. Uh, they, I know. It's I like, was this thinking is why the stereotypes exist. It's like you're always the last one to the meeting. You're always, you know, um, making excuses for being late. Or, yeah. There's always something. You come so. in late with food. Bitch, why is your food hot? <laughs> right. You, you should have been here. So um, I, my mom's the same way. My mom's a nurse. And so she, I don't think she's ever uh, been late to work once. She's always someone who's really on time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say with my mom being an immigrant parent, um, she knew that she had to set a very high standard for herself. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, w- I wouldn't say I got that, um, I got my way of working or my work ethic from seeing how my mom was in the workplace. I think mm-hmm. that came a little bit more from um, school and stuff like that. Okay. But I, I definitely embody some other professional skills from my mom. Um, I do think that's an interesting uh, future topic, though. Like, yeah. I kind of want to talk about, like, our cultural, um, the cultural differences between um, our work ethic versus other, you know, mm-hmm. other races, ethnicities, things like that. I think that's an interesting <laughs> When topic. you said that, I was like, we can invite a white person to check I mean, we could. <laughs> get the, let's get the white perspective. Right? So, we have all white people. <laughs> <laughs> Can you talk to us about this? Yeah, so um you wanna take a break? Yeah. Leaning in my ride, both fifth cock bagging. Me, I'm riding by you on the corner block slagging. Living that boss's life. Girls come running when they see me coming. Living that boss's life. Okay, welcome back. Um so let's roll into the next piece of um Ask a Boss. So um as we do more episodes and stuff, we'll have more questions and get questions from whoever is going to decide to listen. Um, and if no one listens, or ask <laughs> questions and I'll make some up. Um, so the question that I have, and I think I just have one unless another one comes to mind, is 
how do you know when it's time to leave a job or an organization, company, however you want to call it? Or have you have you felt that way before? And if so, like, can you get us like the overview of like what led you to that point? Like, you're like, okay, this is this is the end. Um, probably when you feel like cussing people out every single day. You walk okay. In. <laughs> <laughs> but, I can understand that being a sign. Uh, that. No, that's not. I think uh, I first want to preface this with just like a relationship, you're always gonna have your uh, your peaks and valleys, right? Mm -hmm. There's always going to be rough points in the job. So I think the first thing you want to figure out is, is this um, something that I, you know, if this is a one-time thing that Mm -hmm. annoyed me, like Mm -hmm. this is not the deal breaker, right? Mm -hmm. If it's a pattern or a norm that you know that's that's, uh, been happening a lot, then I think that should contribute to your decision of whether you want to stay or go. So I just want to put that out there is that just know that not every job is going to make you happy mm-hmm. 100% of the time. Um, I also think that to kind of determine um, uh, it depends on who you are. I can't really answer it for... Well, speak for yourself. How yeah. do you know like jobs well, that you've left? So I'm more... Um, well, I have to bring in my Myers-Briggs. I'm an okay. INTJ, and I think the reason why... I'll, first, let me give a more outrospective, and then I'll talk about myself. I think you have to know whether you're more of that feeler mm-hmm. or the thinker. Um, and some people judge really well based off of like their intuition and what they're feeling, and other people are more of like a pragmatic, practical person. Mm-hmm. So, interestingly enough, in the things that I do... Um, I am that more of that thinker or practical person, mm-hmm. but because I'm a creative, when it comes to should I stay or should I go, okay, <laughs> 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 um, when it comes to that, I'm more of a feeler, and so it's like, do I want to wake up every morning for this job, or does, or if I don't feel like waking up, is that just like once in a blue moon, just because I'm moody that day, or is it mm-hmm. consistent? Like every day, I dread waking up. Do I, um, am I losing time for myself? If I have a job that compromises my personal life, that's not for me. Okay. Um, let's see, what else uh, are signs of me leaving a job? Uh, oh, this, this rarely happens, but it happened with me at my most previous job is, uh, have I reached my peak in terms of being challenged? Mm. Um, I do see, I want opportunities that will give me more skills and so sometimes that tells me it's a time to move on um but I'll I'll leave it at that those are kind of some indicators but I would say like are you a feeler or thinker and then use um own that first and then use that as your medium to decide whether um it's time to move on or not okay um I echo a bunch of what you said um I am certainly a thinker. My Myers-Briggs is I-S-T-J, T for the thinker. Um, and so I, first of all, I can think anything to death. Um, I can overthink. I can think it down to the bone, um, to the most minute of points. Um, I think about the jobs that I have left um, or and or wanted to leave. And I think the first one was I was bored. Um, and I 
I want to feel engaged at work. I don't need to be entertained, but I want to feel engaged in the work that I'm doing and that it is meaningful and that I have a sense of um, moving a department or a program forward. Um, so I'm not very much a cog in a machine. Like I'm just, I've worked one of those jobs before and it was what I needed at the time because I needed to learn a skill set and how to go into something that is already established. Um, so I was bored. I was not challenged, as kind of you said before. And I was wasting my day away. Um, and I was essentially, I was also underutilized. Um, and I don't think they knew what to do with me. Because mm -hmm. um, I was asking for more. I was trying to get involved in more. But they were the, the last, uh, and this was several jobs ago, but they weren't sure like how to use my skill set because they were so comfortable with the people who had been there for several years, which is fine. You can do that. But I didn't have the patience or capacity to sit around and wait for you to figure out what to do with me whenever these uh, um, more established people had decided to leave. So I left. Um, I said since then, I think since then, I've the positions I've left is mostly because I've been bored and I'm looking for a more significant challenge. Mm -hmm. um, I want my mind to be challenged and engaged. I want... Uh, the work to be meaningful for me to figure out ways to do things differently or to reach different populations of folks that I was working with. Um, I think um, I would agree with you in terms of like the thinker or the feeler and like some people are like, I go with my gut, like this doesn't feel right. I feel like something is off. I, I don't feel like I'm myself in this. And then like, like I said, I'm more the thinker person. So I'm thinking like practically, like why am I doing this? Like, could I be doing something else? I can be contributing somewhere else in a different way. Um, I also think for me, it's the, the people who I report to are important. So sometimes um, I have only had one supervisor, no one as of late, or whoever may listen to this or thinking it's them, um, that was not a great supervisor for me. And I didn't know that until they started the job after I did. So I will preface it with that. Like they start, I didn't go in with that particular supervisor. I went in thinking somebody else was going to be my supervisor. And then this person was hired on. Um, and that for me can be a make or break deal because I need to respect the person that I'm working for and with. And if I don't, like if I feel like I'm outpacing you in the work that I'm like, okay, I don't know why I'm like, why am I doing this? I certainly I'm making myself look good. I'm making you look good. Um, but I don't know. I'm not sure how this is feeding my desire to want to contribute and be part of something meaningful. Mm -hmm. So I, um, we should put a pin in this or put it on a post-it, like something about job interviewing and whatnot. Cause I think sometimes there's things to miss cause like the jobs look sexy and perhaps they pay oh gosh, attractively. Yeah. And then like the people, some of the people that you interact with in your interview are garbage but you're like, all these other things are like bells and whistles. And I can maybe maneuver through that. But we're not going to get into that today. Yeah. But um, that is uh, something that I think about. Um, and that's also, a lot of times where I've seen people leave their jobs because perhaps their supervisors are trash. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I think that's important to note, too, is uh, are you, like, leaving because of the people or are you leaving because of the... Um, what the position or the work's like. Those mm -hmm. are two very valid reasons to leave a job, but mm -hmm. I also think that's an interesting dichotomy because yeah. for me, who reports to me or who I report to 
Well, actually, if you report to me, yeah, if uh, I don't like your ass, you right? get fired. <laughs> like, that doesn't matter. <laughs> right, that um, doesn't matter. But the person that I report to, that can really be a deal breaker yeah. if it's a bad relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we have to remember we're humans, and uh, that can have a huge impact on yeah. whether we're happy. And I don't think people pay attention to that as much, because there's a lot of sexy things out there. Or like, oh, we're the per- I'm not even going to get into this, because it's going to be a whole other thing. <laughs> so... But yeah, I think that's certainly something to think about in terms of going into a job market. Um, do you have any other questions that we could possibly tackle with regard to the workplace or the um, workspace? I think I had one um, while you were talking, and um, maybe uh, I guess may, let's do like a more technical one. Okay, go um, for it. Let's say. Um, you're in the negotiation phase with two jobs, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it kind of speaks to what you were mentioning in your previous question about the people. Um, you know, you're, ve- you're very concerned about uh, building a life that mm-hmm. is supportive to you. If you have a family, supportive to them. So, you, of course, when you're in negotiation, you want to think of what's going to get me by the most. Mm-hmm. But do you, uh, let's say you have one job offer that, higher, that has a higher that's offering you a higher salary, mm-hmm. um, but the uh, let's just say the work environment is something you can tolerate a little, but you get some of those yellow flags, if you will, mm-hmm. that may end itself not well versus an offer where the environment's kind of great, but they're not offering you as much. Mm-hmm. How do you decide between which offer? Take the money. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, I think if given that situation... I do think, tend to think a lot of things are negotiable until they're not. Um, so I might tend to, to lean towards the um, seeing if I can negotiate a higher salary or what other perks I can do with the office environment that's going to be good because you're spending essentially a quarter of your day, or was it a quarter, a third of your day? Eight times three is 24. A third of your day with these people. Like, if you think about, like, at any given point, you could be interacting with these folks over an eight-hour day sometimes. It's usually longer, you know, um, depending on what time you come in and what time you leave. So I would ask, like, some of the intangible perks, like, what does vacation look like? Um, What does professional development look like? What does flexibility look like, perhaps working from home? Um, Like, maybe one to two days a month. Um, So I would probably try to develop a list, uh, like, what... um, I'm thinking some of the most recent things that I negotiated. Um, I was coming from the same organization, but in a different department. I was like, well, can I bring my laptop and my cell phone with me? Because they are work-provided laptop and work-provided cell phone that I do not pay for. Can I, are those things that I can bring with me? Um, let's see. For me, I asked, can I, can I have my meal plan for a year? Uh, <laughs> And I said, these are the ways that I'm going to use that meal plan to engage with campus partners and connect over a meal. Like sometimes breaking bread can help really establish a relationship or mend a relationship if something mm. goes awry in the department. And that's that's an easy like $3,500 of lunches. I mean, I would normally bring my lunch from home, but that's $3,500 worth of lunches or breakfasts that I don't have to pay for. So I add that to my, my salary. Yeah. Um, and I need to prove what that looks like. Um, I ask if there is... After my six month or nine or twelve month review, can we explore um, uh, a salary increase based on my performance and if I meet my goals? 
Um, so I try not to leave it all at the, well, I'm at the whim of whatever they decide to put on paper. I'm trying to get some of the intangible pieces as well. That makes sense. It seems like there's always kind of a will in a way if there's an opportunity that mm -hmm. you really think is a good fit for you, but it's not up to your standards in terms of the money. Keep negotiating, finding find those intangible things that most people don't think about. Yeah. Yeah. Like if you want to, if the position doesn't supervise someone right now, you're like, can we review my super, and you want to supervise, I don't particularly care for supervising mm -hmm. people. Yeah. Um, but is that something that can be revisited, you know, at my one year mark to see if I can get some more responsibility in that? Mm -hmm. um, coupled with the conversation around a salary increase, if that's where we're at at that point. Yeah. So those are the things that I think about um, because the money is great. And don't get me wrong, money matters. Um, and I also want to feel reasonably good about the people that I'm working with, like pretty good, actually, because I'm like, again, a third of my day is probably going to be spent around these people, and I don't want it to be garbage. Right. Because if they suck, because I'm probably going to leave sooner or not want to stay. Um, there's also the emotional tax that goes with that, and like, ugh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Do you have any thoughts on that? Like, oh, um, what you would consider between the two offers? Yeah, uh, I guess I'll give it more like humanistic side. Um, Shade, but okay. No, okay, no that's just, uh, that's <laughs> that. just like I think that was like I asked a technical question. So yeah, you, you did. I was like, "There's no human technical what do you want? Uh, technical response." But I think it's also just listen to yourself. You know, that's I, your feeler. I, that's my feeling <laughs> thing, and I'm at this point where money means a lot. Like I'm trying to pay off these loans, mm. and I'm okay right now at this point. Deep, being a tiny, tiny bit unhappy with uh, the organization <laughs> so I can keep living the life that I want to live because okay. okay. we only live once. Um, but I don't want to keep making those decisions forever um, mm -hmm. and moving forward. Uh, you know, I think we're always going to be playing catch up with ourselves. We're never going to be exactly where we want to be financially and socially and all mm -hmm. that stuff. But um, at some point, I will be listening more to myself and I know that in the long run if I know I'm going to be more happy at this place because of the environment the perks the people that's going to add more longevity to my health yeah and that's more important than having enough money to pay these types of bills yeah, get these or, types of or things. go on a trip or something go on a trip, like... yeah uh because we spend most besides sleeping we spend most of our week at work mm -hmm. so we might as well make the decision to be at a place that's not going to take off some years, add some gray hairs. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. Okay, so um, we're at our last segment with Boss Ass Bitch or Bitch Ass Boss of the Week. Yeah. Um, are you ready? Do you I kind of have your I have somewhere? a boss-ass bitch. Okay, I have two boss-ass bitch and this-ass bitch-ass boss. <laughs> Do you, uh, who went first last time? I don't know. Okay. I go first. Mine's pretty short, I think. Okay, you can go So, boss-ass bitch. So, there is a... This is somebody I don't know, personally. There's a writer by the name of Elizabeth Gilbert. I don't know if you saw this kind of floating around Facebook. She no. wrote the book Eat, Pray, Love. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, And recently, so she kind of had this... Like life epiphany with uh, the eat pray that preceded eat pray love and then she wrote another book, um, but the premise of eat pray love I believe and I read it a long ass time ago, 
is that basically her life wasn't turning out to be what it wanted to be, and it kind of like broke her, and she made some really drastic changes, left her job, left the country, spent a considerable amount of time exploring the world, um, traveling. She met what would eventually become her husband, and just kind of rediscovering and reinventing herself. And thus, she wrote Eat, Pray, Love. Hmm. Um, and I think she was in India during like the longest end of time that she was in one place yeah. to kind of rediscover and refine herself. Um, <laughs> which is such a luxury. I won't even get into that. Um, but she came out on this post yesterday that she wrote on her Facebook. So she does a lot of like self-help motivation, creativity, sparking stuff, um, has been on Oprah's, uh, I think her book was, I don't know if her book was on the book club. Let me not misquote Oprah. Um, <laughs> definitely don't want to misquote but she was on her live your best life tour. She did a super, a super soul Sunday. She's done a few Ted talks yesterday. She, I don't know. I don't, I won't use the term come out, but yesterday, like, and I don't follow her super closely, but someone was like, Oh my God, you should read this. This is really great. It's really vulnerable. Um, I guess sometime earlier in the spring, this past spring, she made some sort of uh, nod to ending the marriage that she was in with a guy that she met overseas. And yesterday she wrote this post around like basically one of her best friends had gotten, um, had, uh, they discovered terminal cancer in her and uh, Elizabeth Gilbert found herself like basically dropping everything to be at the side of her best friend. She eventually realized that she loved her best friend and was in love with her best friend, who is a woman. Oh. Um, and now they are partners, kind of like in the struggle place of her, like dropping everything to support and be there for her best friend, who she is in love with and is now partners with. And her post was really, like, emotional. And I'm not really an emotional person, so I did not cry. But I was like, oh, this is really deep and meaningful. And, like, it really said some powerful things. And I'm like, that's the shit that's really, like, ugh. Like, to spit out that much vulnerability and put... And she's, like, on an international platform. Mm -hmm. uh, that is Facebook. But, like, her work kind of spans, like, the world. Um, and people really resonate with how raw and real she is and how, like... Sometimes her life has been messy and she's put that out there in the Eat, Pray, Love stuff and other things that she's written or been a part of. And I just really valued how real and like honest and gritty it was and like how like she refers to like, I can't talk about like my, you know, soon to be fully ended marriage and whatnot, but I love this person and like I dove head deep in and she's going to be by my side even as she's sick as much as I can bring her with me to these events and whatnot because I need to kind of re-engage with the work that I do. Um, it was really just powerful to see. And I, I so appreciate the vulnerability that she was like, yeah, just kind of put all this shit out there. It's in a super yeah. long post. Um, wow. yeah, it was just like Jay doing things out of love. Like it was, it was so meaningful and I probably need to read it again, but, um, it was just so good. And I, I so connected with the really vulnerable raw piece mm -hmm. of like, I have to start living out loud. Yeah. Um, uh, well, obviously with respect to this person who's going through this terminal disease, um, and to start living what I say is important to me as a creative, as an artist, as a human being. Mm -hmm. So she's my, um, boss ass bitch for the week. So yeah. shout out to Elizabeth Gilbert. I just yeah. love it. You should, you got to find it and read it. It's really good. Yeah. Um, and also talk about like a lifelong discovery. Yeah, right? Like, there's just so much history to that revelation that yeah. she had and to admit that to herself. Yeah. And then letting that 
how old is she right now? She's like somewhere in her mid to late 40s, maybe late 40s. Yeah, and talk about, you know, you may think you right? have it all figured out yeah. and being open to starting a new chapter of your yeah. life because you found this other part of yourself. Yeah. yeah. And I guess they've been best friends for like 15 years. Mm-hmm. And then this kind of like seemingly recently, you know, it was at least yesterday was out into the public eye, but who knows how long they had been like together and what as she begins to figure out her partner begins to figure out like how to you know live with this illness and whatnot and like what's the yeah. the prognosis and all that stuff but it was really just it like touched a special place of like uh like this is what like this is what life is about like mm-hmm. jumping in and like being like fuck it like i love this person blah blah, blah. so yeah. Sounds like there's going to be a sequel to Eat, Pray, Love. Right? <laughs> right? <laughs> Who's that actress Actress that starred in the movie again? Julia Roberts. Yeah. So yeah. she has another check coming soon. Right? <laughs> um, all right. So I'm going to do my bitch-ass boss first. Um, okay. So there... There are times where, as a boss, you are probably going to supervise or have direct reports that are older than you, Mm -hmm. or even indirect reports (laughs) who are older than you, and I need you white older men to put your damn pride aside, understand the purview of your position, and understand the purview of my position. You may not like the decisions I make, but... My organization grants me certain privileges. Mm -hmm. They grant you certain privileges. So just because I'm younger than you, never, ever, ever question my professional strategic planning skills. I make my decisions within my purview. If I need consultation, if I need vetting, I vet it through the people who have my back, through senior leadership, through all the appropriate channels. If you want to complain about it, you can go ahead and plan about it. But I need you to... Not, um, you know, mock me or not mock is not the right word or like scoff. That's the word. I had the situation where someone really scoffed at me and they're like, uh, I'm going to fight you on this policy that you've created for our division. I'm like, go ahead. It's already been vetted. Um, You're not going to fight me. You're going to fight yourself. Um, and I can get a little bit more specific, like I control the, the, the budget for my division and mm-hmm. then I allocate do- dollars to the departments. Um, even though you're the head of that department and you get to say how you want to spend that money, I still have, you may not report to me, but I still have ownership of the dollars that you have to spend out of that department. I create guidelines because at the end of the day, the, the, uh, the organization is not going to look at the individual department budgets, they're going to look at it as a whole. And who's going to be responsible for it? Me. So I put mm-hmm. these into place, not to say that you don't know how to spend your money, but to show the organization that we, as a nonprofit, we know how to spend wisely. Mm-hmm. So don't don't question how I, I seek information or how, how I make decisions. I make decisions with evidence. Mm-hmm. And I work very closely with the numbers. I work more closely with the numbers than you do. So don't ever, ever question my authority. Yes, you may have, in this situation, probably like 30 years on me. I don't care. I got hired into this role for a reason. And I need to put, I need you to put your white, old privilege aside. Okay. Done. Anyways. <laughs> and then my boss ass bitch of the week uh, goes to Beyonce. 
for turning the BET Awards into the B. ET Awards. She um, decided televised concert to do an entire concert to the album, basically taking the entire Lemonade film and coming up with a stage adaptation, like a play, like a musical play of the movie. Mm -hmm. And it's like how. Like, we've seen Formation. Yeah. She might as well go on a second world tour and just do the Lemonade, like, the Lemonade, yeah. um, the 15 minutes of Lemonade that she did at the BET. That's like, it was... Appropriate. It, 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 she just took control of the whole show. It's like, we weren't even watching BET anymore. She did such cool creative elements. She had so many female dancers on stage. Um, she took us on a tour. Like, she used every single inch of the stage. Um, she did more Black Lives Matter themes um, in the in the performance, like right when it opened. Um, all her dancers. Have you seen it? Wait, was it the BET Awards or was it like the BMAs? Oh my gosh! <laughs> <laughs> I was, I was like, oh my gosh! Wait, they right. invited Britney Spears to the BET Awards, <laughs> right? Oh my I God. was like, okay, so we're expanding. I, like, I, I mean, I know they let Justin Timberlake, but Britney Spears. I know. Spears at I was the so confused. No, I was okay. like. Sorry, y'all. I mean the VMAs. So what I want to say, they turned the VMAs into the BMAs, the okay. Beyonce Musical Awards. I was literally like, I was like, since when did we start inviting white people to perform? Aside from Justin right, Timberlake, right. he's probably out at this point. So. Yeah, so, I mean, I could go in on describing it. Just watch the 16 minutes. Um, she did amazing. Um, I She's my boss-ass bitch because she, she's the true definition of creative and vamp- revamping. And, you know, people will say, well, she didn't come up with all that stuff on her own. I'm like... Who well, does? She, right. Who does? It takes, a, it takes a village, right? Right. But I... <laughs> it, it takes a village to make a diva. Um, <laughs> but I know some of those were her original, her original ideas, but she uses her team. Yeah. That's why they have jobs. <laughs> like, right? she employs people to, you know, mm-hmm. be part of her team. So um, I just appreciate just the inspiration she gave me to keep pushing yourself to be better and to keep doing something new. Yeah. It's like... How is it that every time we see her, it's never been done before by her or anyone else? It's just amazing. So. All right. All right. Yeah. Um, so I guess until next time. Yeah. Thanks for listening. All righty. Take care. Your boss. I'm the biggest boss that you see thus far. I'm the biggest boss that you see thus far. I'm the biggest boss that you see thus far.